everyone, welcome to the Raising Dakota podcast with me, your host, Courtney. And if you're a special needs parent, you're in the right place. So I hope you can sit back, relax, feel inspired, and always, always remember you're so much stronger than you could ever imagine. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Raising Dakota podcast. I hope that you enjoyed last week's episode. This week, I am going to be sharing information on daycare and how we made that decision, some of the decisions we had to make, and some of the information that I like to provide to anybody who's going to be caring for Dakota. I felt this is a very important topic to share because I know that trying to decide what you're going to do with your child while you're at work and making sure that you're providing them with the best care even when you're not there is one of the hardest decisions a parent has to make. And I know that some people are against daycare, and it is nice if you do have somebody that you trust and know to watch them. Unfortunately, that just wasn't the circumstance for us because of where we lived. We didn't have anybody who could watch Dakota full-time for us and also meet his therapy schedules as well. And his schedule was also kind of up in the air, so it was extremely difficult to try and manage that. But I will say for us, Due to the fact that we live in Kentucky, we have access to medical daycares. Dakota attended the Kids Club, which is a prescribed pediatric extended care center. So what that means for Dakota is that registered nurses took care of him. They were amazing. I loved the staff that we worked with. They were so sweet, and they are pretty much like family to us, and they will always hold a special place in my heart because they did provide such great care to Dakota, and they played a huge role in his life for the first five years of his life. It was also very reassuring to me as a mom knowing that registered nurses were going to be caring for him, especially because he was so medically complex, and he had a lot going on that I still wasn't completely sure of what was going to be happening and what was to come. So being able to place him in a daycare where there is no normal because they are used to children with medically complex needs and things and variations, it was extremely nice and it was a big weight lifted off my shoulders because I knew if Dakota went to a regular daycare, we would constantly be picking him up because of the fact of how much he projectile vomited when he was little. I mean, the daycare workers can even tell you he is the reason a couple people had to get new shoes. Sorry about that, but <laughs> he he puked a lot, and I knew that if he went to a regular daycare, they would not be able to handle everything. The other really nice thing about Dakota being in this daycare was that because of his medical waiver, which allowed him to have access to Medicaid, his daycare was paid for through his medical waiver, his Medicaid paid for it. So his daycare was covered by his insurance, and that was also extremely helpful for us because daycare is not cheap. It is extremely expensive. When we were looking at daycares, we figured there would probably be a good chance some hours would have to change or something would have to change because we didn't know if we would be able to afford it. Just like any other parent in our situation, you adapt and you make changes to meet your needs. But we were lucky and fortunate that it was covered by his insurance, so we did not have to pay for daycare services for Dakota. The other thing that was a really big weight off my shoulders was that when Dakota was in therapy, his therapists were able to come see him at the daycare center and provide his therapy services there. So just like anything else in the medically complex or medical field, 
there is a ton of paperwork and it actually took a little bit to get Dakota registered and set up for daycare because we had to wait for his medical waiver so that we could get his Medicaid. So at the beginning of August, I was working on medical waiver, but at the same time, I got in contact with the kids club because we already knew he was going to be going there and we were pretty sure he was going to be approved for the medical waiver also and his doctors were pretty sure on it as well based on everything he has going on so I went ahead and went and set up all of the paperwork and did everything we needed to do there because once they get the consents and evaluations and everything from me then they have to send it to the doctor and the doctor and the daycare kind of work together and I don't know all the behind the scenes stuff that they do but they create a plan of treatment for that child so they are able to get orders from the doctor, have the doctor sign off on the plan of care. So that way they can list the diagnosis, any complications, any issues. For example, listing that Dakota has inconsistent stool. So he might have solid stool, he might have loose stool, and those aren't concerns or alarms for illnesses, as well as his vomiting four to five times a day. So having those listed in his plan of care means they don't have to call me every single time that that happens. The plan of care also um, lists medications as well. So in Dakota's medical chart at Children's, we always list ibuprofen, Tylenol, and Benadryl. So that way when he was at daycare, they could give him those medications without needing anything from me. So if he spiked a fever, they could go ahead and give him Tylenol. They could call, obviously they're going to call me and tell me, but they could give him medications without needing doctor's authorization because the way to kind of look at it is a hospital setting. Nurses can't give medication. They can't do certain things without an order from the doctor. And that's what this plan of care does. So, I mean, it's like 10 or 11 pages and it literally covers everything from head to toe on Dakota. Um, but it's just a plan of care. And that is how they cared for Dakota, which was also really nice because you had this detailed document that told them what to do, when to do it. So this also answered a lot of their questions. If they had questions about Dakota, that answered it for most of them. So once the plan of care was created, then I had to sign off on it. And once Dakota's Medicaid was actually approved and we got all that set up, Dakota was able to start. So at the beginning of September, he was able to start daycare, which was perfect timing. Everything fell into place perfectly because I did only have three months off because I did take family medical leave. And that was all the time, which is why when I did go back to work in September, I reduced my hours to 30 hours a week because I didn't really have extra time off and I needed that extra 10 hours to be flexible to meet Dakota's appointments and different things that he had going on. But it was nice the way everything worked out because it was like boom, 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 boom. That month of August flew by though, but it was everything worked out really well. I think one of the big things that made daycare so successful for us was communication. We did have an amazing team that worked with him and I still love them all. I will always praise them. They are such amazing, amazing people. But communication was a huge piece of that. And I think also my mindset helped that because I just think it's important when there are other people caring for your child is to remember that you are a team and you guys all want the best for that child. Yes, you're the coach. You're making the decisions. You're calling the shots. 
but you are a team. And for me, looking at it that way, I think just made it easier for us to communicate and also have a very mutual respect for each other because I knew that they were with him most days from eight o'clock until three o'clock, depending on the schedule. I mean, he had a decently set 8 a.m. arrival, three or four o'clock pickup, but they were with him. And if something wasn't working out, I wanted them to know they can tell me and we can make changes because, yeah, he might do something for me, but he is going to be different in a room full of other children because that is one thing that when it's just us at home, Dakota is loud, he's yelling, he's babbling, he's all over the place. But when he is in a crowd or a room with other children, he's quiet, he sits, and he watches. And that's how he's kind of always been. His hearing loss does play a huge piece in that, but that's literally how he has always been. And I know he's going to behave different with other people. So I wanted to make sure the schedule that we had, the things that we were doing was working really well. So I always felt that it was important. We had daily communication every single day about how he was doing. So the older he got and the more equipment he got, also made sure to have conversations about how long he was in a stander, when he went in a stander, how long he was out of his, at the time it was a kid cart or his wheelchair, and how long his cochlear implants were on or did he they have issues. And that way, if they say, oh, we did his cochlear implants only for a couple hours today or a half hour today because Dakota just wouldn't wear them, maybe watching and seeing like, okay, is he not feeling well? Is something else going on? Is he overstimulated? But just having those communications and knowing that they could feel comfortable telling me if something went wrong and I wasn't going to blow up um, was very helpful and I think effective in Dakota's care because they are a team. We are a team. We have to work together because if we're not, then what good does that do Dakota? So I think just having that team mindset really helped me. Yes, I know in the back of my head, Curtis and I are the coaches. We are the ones making the calls. We are calling all the shots and making all the decisions and we have the final say but they are with him during the day and they are providing care to him. They're teaching him things during the day that I can't teach him because I'm at work. So just having that mindset, I think really helped me feel more comfortable with daycare, but it also helped that I had an amazing team of people to take care of Dakota and they were all sweet, caring, loving, and they all fell in love with Dakota and Dakota fell in love with them. It was just a great experience for us and I will always sing their praises One thing I always found really important when Dakota was in daycare was just having a good communication, and that is something still to this day in general. Anybody who works with Dakota, I want to have good communication. I want to have a good understanding of how his day went because he can't tell me. So when he was in daycare, when he was really little and in the nursery, it was easy. We had the daily conversations, and I was there. I was picking him up. I was getting all the information. But unfortunately, the scarier the world got, and the older Dakota got, there were just some changes that needed to happen to keep all the kiddos at the daycare safe. So the way pick up and drop off worked, it just changed a little bit. And instead of walking him to his room, they would come get him and someone would take him to the room, which didn't bother me because I knew all of the staff and they were all amazing. So that wasn't a concern to me, but it just seemed like the communication was lacking with all the changes that were happening. So one thing I did was just put a notebook in Dakota's backpack, and so that way the lead in his room could just write a note and say, this is how Dakota's day went, this is how long he wore his implants, this is the issues we had with his cochlear implants, his stander, his equipment, anything 
vital to Dakota's day, they could let me know. So that way I was aware of how his day went because he can't tell me. So I just thought that was really helpful. Like I said, when he was in daycare for most of the time, it was that face-to-face interaction. It was just when security changes happened, which I actually like the changes that they had put into place because it did keep the kids safer. And so I am always for anything we can do to make the environment more safe for the children. But I just think that could be a helpful communication for anyone else who might not get that face-to-face interaction with the staff who is caring for them due to uh, schedule changes or shift changes. They might not see the person who was with them most of the day. They might see a person who was only with them for a couple hours. So a notebook might be an easy way to communicate important information back and forth. The other thing that I did I created a monthly calendar and I tried to, depending on how crazy his schedule was, I tried to sometimes get them two months calendar so that way they had the current month and then the next month as well. And if I couldn't do that, I would include a line or two and just providing that calendar so that way if there was going to be a conflict in his schedule, they were aware of it, they could plan around it. And it also helped, for examples, like when... Dakota had to eat at 2 o'clock. If I said I was going to be picking him up at 2, then they would feed him at 1 or 1.30. Just those little things, and that's just some of the communication we had, but it was helpful for them to know, okay, Dakota's leaving at this time, or he's not going to be here at all, and then I don't have to call in and say, hey, Dakota's not here this day. But they knew in advance what days Dakota was going to be at daycare as well as when he had appointments. The other thing I liked to include with his calendar was his therapy schedule, and I would just write that on the calendar, the days that he would have therapy, because he had certain increments of times that maybe we would do therapy through children's, or he would do therapy through first steps. It just kind of switched up and varied, and so if it was at daycare, I would just write on there 9 a.m. PT at daycare, so they could see me and a therapist were going to be working with Dakota at this time, and then... If he was going to be having therapy at Children's, I would just write 9 a.m. PT at Children's, but I would also include his hours for that day. So underneath that, I would write 11 to 4.30 for the hours he was going to be at daycare. And I just found it very helpful, not only for the daycare staff to know when Dakota was going to be there, as well as when people were seeing him, as well as myself, because I would keep a copy at my desk at work and I kept a copy at home. And I also gave a copy to Curtis to have at his desk so that we all were aware of Dakota's schedule. And that way, if something came up at work, Curtis had a copy at his desk so that way he could double check to make sure whatever, if there's a meeting or something, it wasn't conflicting. It also made it easier so that way if there was a change, And I was dropping Dakota off at daycare because most of the time Curtis did it. But if Dakota had therapy, those are going to be the days I take him to daycare because I'm going to be at his therapy session. So it just made it easier for all of us to be on the same page for those kinds of things. Because when he was in first steps, I was there with all of his therapy because, yes, it's therapy for your child. But therapy is a resource, especially when they're that young. It is very important to be involved which I want to go into that more next week and share a lot more on therapy and kind of my viewpoints of therapy because I know not everybody has the same stance on therapy, but that's something I want to touch next week. So one last thing that I want to go over with this week's episode, when I created this podcast, I also created a website. So it's raisingdakota.wixsie.com. 
T-E.com forward slash Raising Dakota. And it's also in my link tree, which is in my Instagram bio. I just thought that a website might be an easy place to have everything in one spot. Links to my podcast, a little bit of information about me, as well as some helpful resources and information. So I did include a resource tab on that website, which does have just three documents and it is nothing fancy. It's just something I threw together, but I went ahead and uploaded a sample all about me book, a sample calendar and um, just a kind of sample binder documents that I would include in the binder that I know I've talked about before. So the calendar sample is something I talked about earlier in this episode, but it's just an example of what I would provide to daycare or the school staff when I am providing them with a calendar. I just thought it would be better if there was a visual to go along with it. So you can look at it. It's a Word document, so you can save it to your own computer, and that way you have it. You can change it, or you can come up with your own thing. I just thought it might be helpful. The document that I uploaded for the binder documents is just a Word document that has, I think, three, two or three pages in it, and it just has like a table of contents and how I lay out emergency contacts and list of physicians and also the table of contents just list what I include in our binder. Since I was working on these other documents, I thought to go ahead and just throw that up and if anybody needed it or wanted to use it, it's there or it's there for an idea for them to create their own. And it is a Word document so you can download, save it, and edit it and manipulate it and make it your own. I just thought it might be a helpful resource to anybody else and so that's why I wanted to just go ahead and throw it up there since I was working on the other documents. The last thing that I included was the All About Me and I don't know if I've touched on that in my podcast and I probably will go a little bit more in depth on that but I got this idea from several different places. I've seen several people do it. I didn't feel the need to do it when Dakota was in daycare because for one, he was so little and so new and they had a whole plan of treatment. So they already knew everything there was to know about him. But the All About Me book is just a sample of what I would like to give to someone who is going to be working with Dakota. It's kind of a snapshot or overview of Dakota as well as his diagnosis. I've seen them several places. I've seen several different special needs um, support groups kind of do similar things. Ashley Barlow Co. on Instagram is one. She also has a different version, but I just thought it was a kind of a great resource. So I went ahead and threw it on there since it's something I already have and I've already created for Dakota. But it's just kind of a template and I hope that you check them out and I hope that somebody finds them helpful because I use them on a regular basis and I just thought they would be helpful to share. Like I said, I will have them on my website which is linked in my Instagram. With all of that being said, that is all I have for this week. Next week, I'm going to be sharing information on therapy, some of the programs Dakota's been in. So I hope that you get a chance to check out the website and those resources. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. And I look forward to sharing more with you next week. Thank you all so much for the support. And I look forward to chatting with you next time on the Raising Dakota podcast. Thank you.